Americas coming to you live from New York City, Brooklyn to be precise, on a very special day across American soccer as we find out the 26 players who will be headed to Qatar to represent the United States at the World Cup. Alongside Hercules Gomez and Greg Berhalter, the manager of the U.S. men's national team, we're thrilled to kick of off hour. this edition of the show. Coach, how you feeling? Look, look at this reception we're getting. Oh. Feeling great. Oh. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling Listen great. To Good to be here. So how are you feeling? I mean, I, I got to imagine this is, are you like relieved right now or? So, you know, not, not relief. I think it's just now you're focused. Mm. The, the focus increases and we're ready to get to Qatar and, and get our job on. That's what it's about now. All right. Uh, I, there's a lot of specific right. roster questions I want to get in with you, but we'll take a look at the roster in just a sec. We've got a, a full show for folks at home. Uh, Landon Donovan going to join us in just a little bit, so we'll be talking about not just this year's team, but looking back at some of the years of the past. Mauricio Pedrosa is also going to join us as well because Mexico played earlier today against yeah. Iraq. But while we got a second, why don't we take a look at the 26 players that will be headed to the World Cup in Qatar to represent the United States as they get set to kick off on November 21st against Wales. It's actually, guys, a, a pretty impressive list. And I got to say, when we opened the list, Herc, there were quite a few surprises, weren't there? You think? Yeah. What if you bombs uh, yep. threw us for a loop? And I'm sure Greg's going to tell us all about it in a bit. All right, so uh, as I mentioned, let's take a look at the, uh, at the list for the World Cup. I'll go through it here as uh, production gets it up. The goalies is one of the areas where there was a surprise. We got uh, Matt Turner, Ethan Horvath, and Sean Johnson that made the team. Defense, Cameron Carter, Vickers, Serginho Dest, Aaron Long, Shaq Moore, Tim Ream, uh, Anthony Robinson. Joe Scali, DeAndre Yedlin, and Walker Zimmerman, a lot of defenders on that list. In midfield, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca De La Torre, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Christian Roldan, and then forwards, Brendan Aronson, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Josh Sargent, Tim Weah, and Haji Wright. A big surprise there. There are surprises. We'll get into some of the guys that made the team in just a sec, but I think we want to start Coach with one of the guys that isn't on the roster, a guy that was really, for us, the surprise when the news kind of broke last night. No Zach Steffen. Uh, what went into that decision? You know, I think part of it was looking at the, the players that we do have and exactly the roles that they would fill at the World Cup. And we feel confident that we have three really good goalkeepers and um, the hierarchy in the, in the goalkeeper line, I think, is set pretty well. And these guys are ready to perform. Greg, let me ask you, you personally, about making the decision to leave Zach Steffen off. You've known him since Columbus. Yeah. Uh, he was with you. Uh, the U.S. Men's National, you backed him many times. He was kind of your guy. Like Personally, what was that like to have to tell him that he wasn't going to go to the World Cup? It, it was really hard and, and perhaps one of the hardest calls that I had to make. And, um, you know, part of it is looking at this body of work over the last year and a half and, and thinking that, um, you know, we needed more out of Zach. And, um, you know, it, it's a shame. And, you know, I think he still has the potential to come back and, and play in a World Cup in his career. And I think it's more about him and, and what, he's, what he's investing and what willing to invest in his career. Do you have a clear idea who your number one is? You know, I, what, uh, I said it before. I think that the tendency is to think that Matt's going to be the number one. Mm -hmm. he's, he's playing at the highest level. He, you know, he's played a bunch of games this fall. He's really increased his level at, at Arsenal. And, um, but, you know, we have to see how he comes into camp. He did have a, a nagging injury, and we'll have to assess him when we get into camp. As far as goalies, like, is, how important is it to have that position locked down? Um, it's important to have every position locked down, right? But, um, you know, what I would say is Matt is trending positively. 
Ethan Horvath's playing really well with his team. Uh, Sean Johnson had a good ending to his season in, in uh, New York City. So either way, I think, like I said, we're confident that we have a guy that can get the job done. You know, if I could very quickly, you mentioned that Zach wasn't doing what he needed to do to get into the camp. I'm just curious, every big game, and Matt Turner in an interview with us, he said, listen, Zach's gotten every big game, Mexico, Costa Rica, uh, when healthy, he was the man. So to go from the top guy to not into the roster, what went into that? Yeah, I, w I would just back up a little, Herc, and just think about, um, you know, time. You know, I, I think you're referring to November of 2021, Correct. right? Work I mean, Yeah, so a lot has happened then. Uh, you know, Matt's moved on. He's, he went to Arsenal. He's playing at a really high level. He's playing against guys um, that play for the England team every single day in training. Mm. So, it, again, I think the focus is on, you know, how Matt has improved and has Matt done, you know, the job Matt's done over the course of the, of the period. Uh, let's talk forwards, not just because I got one on, on set with me. Uh, and we'll start here, I guess, with the guys that were left out, too, because there was, there was a lot of choices for you. In the end, it's Ricardo Pepe and Jordan Pifak who were kind of the odd men out. What, what went into those choices? You know, Ricardo was another tough one based on his body of work and qualifying. Scoring three goals for us, some big goals, um, two against Jamaica, one in Honduras. And, you know, watching, watching him every week in Groningen, thinking about the opponents that we have, we think that the other guys will be um, better suited. And it is a type of, of a scenario where we, we don't have time. We have a week before our first game, and we're playing against very physical opponents, and we, we chose the other ones. Let's talk about a guy who did make the list, Haji Wright. Mm. Back in June, he played for you in the CONCACAF Nations League, and you said publicly that he didn't do enough to take advantage of, of that opportunity. What has he shown you to prove that he's done enough? To Goals, baby. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I, I think that was a case where, you know, we were hoping Haji was going to play in that game and crush it and have a hat trick. He didn't do it. The message to him after that camp was, listen, now it's going to be about what you're doing with your club. And he's in a good league. He's second leading goal scorer in that league. And he's scoring goals weekly. There's one of them right now. Antalya Spor in Turkey where he's uh, lighting up. I think he's second only, though, who entered Valencia in terms of the, uh, the golden boot there in Turkey. Go ahead, Curious. Uh, you, you spoke about Haji Wright scoring goals. Ricardo Pepe, he's another man who's scoring goals. I mean, what was it about Ricardo Pepe who had a built-in equity with you that you said, you know what, Haji's the man right now? Again, I, I don't think, you know, in, in our eyes, we weren't, we weren't um, comparing Haji to Ricardo. We were comparing Har uh, Haji to Jordan. Physical to Jordan Peepock. Yeah, more physical. Like, we wanted one profile to be a physical presence. Okay. And, um, you know, with Pepe, it was coming down to we were comparing him more to Jesus. And we thought that Jesus, um, which one of them can fit more into what we do. And that's what it came down to. Hmm. Do you have three different profiles of the forwards you need? We think we do. Uh, you know, we, the physical striker, um, goal scorer, counterattack in, in Haji, and uh, being able to score on crosses. Josh is kind of a hybrid between, between Jesus and Haji. Mm -hmm. um, and he plays in England. He's very familiar with the opponents there. And we think that's going to be an advantage for us. And then with Jesus, we have the, the, the playmaker, the defender. The, you know, he does a bit of everything. So in goalie, you got your starter. That's not going to be a position that you do by committee. With striker, I feel like it could be. Is it, an, is it a, this guy is my number one at the number nine? Or is it a rotation? Is it hot hand? 
Yeah, I think I think it could be something like that. Um, you know, we have in mind, but I don't think anything's cemented there. We're going to have to see how, what they do with their game time and how effective they are um, given the game plan. What's the profile of the striker you're looking for against Wells? Yeah, so um, we have a clear idea of what we're looking for against Wells, and you have to wait until the 21st. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everybody watching from Wales, turn it off right yeah, now. Yeah, Gareth so Bell, yeah. turn it off. Um, let's talk defense kind of last in, in, in our rundown here. Uh, Tim Ream, man, is a name that surprised a lot of people. Just one appearance in World Cup qualifying. It was way back at the beginning, September of 2021. What, what pushed him over the line for you? Yeah, I hate to do this now, but every, every, every time, you know, we got to bring something back, right, Herc? Yeah. So uh, Tim Ream just played against Man City. Right. And after the game, Guardiola walks up to him and says, if you were 24, you'd be playing for me. <laughs> If you were 24 instead of 34. And well, it just why reminds that? 35. <laughs> so what so why Tim don't people, said. Why don't people see Tim Ream like that? What though? Tim said is, it's too bad. I'm not th he goes, I'm not 34. I'm 35. That's what Tim <laughs> said to me. But it reminds me of a conversation that we had, Herc, years ago when I was telling you about how good of a passer Tim Ream yeah. is on the ball. And, and, and what I'm really happy is, is that this is a player that got another opportunity to play in the Premier League. Right. Because you never know when that's going to come again. And he's really taken advantage of that. You know, speaking to the coaching staff, watching his games, you know, he's one of the most important defenders for Fulham, and he's having a great season. Over the summer, you came on our show, Football Americas, and I asked you about the absence to John Anthony Brooks. And you said one of the biggest reasons John Anthony Brooks isn't with us or hasn't been with us is because he can't play in a high line, a defensive high line. Tim Ream, necessarily, that's not his strong suit. So... Are we changing the approach of how the U.S. men's national team will defend? I don't think so. Um, just watching Fulham, you know, he, Tim's doing it. He's, he's defending with a lot of space behind him. His positioning while attacking has been really good. And listen, there's, there's no hiding that he has some weaknesses as well. But it's how do, we min how do we put him in position to succeed? And I think with Anthony Robinson there, playing with him every week, you know, helps. he's in position to, to cover. You know, I don't think we can talk about center backs without acknowledging the injuries, and, and probably the whole roster, really, without acknowledging injuries. A guy that I think a lot of U.S. fans, probably you were you're holding your breath for, was a, a guy like Chris Richards. Um, when you looked at the injuries in this World Cup happening in the middle of the season, how much of a factor did that play into your roster decisions, and specifically with a guy like Richards, like... You're, you're waiting, right? You're almost desperately waiting, trying to give him an extra day, extra hours just to get fit. You know, I talked to Chris almost every week, and we got updates daily from Crystal Palace on, on how he was progressing. And at the end of the day, when I called him and we had the conversation, you know, we both came to the same conclusion that it was just the time was running out, and he just wasn't going to get there. And, you know, with him being out, with Miles Robinson being out, you know, it is two very physical center backs that we're going to be missing at this World Cup. And that's just part of it. You know, it is next man up. And, and, you know, Timmy's back in the picture now. Walker Zimmerman, Cam Carter-Vickers is playing Champions League. And then Aaron Long, you know, should be able to get the job done. Miles Robinson, Chris Richards, Luca De La Torre is on the mend. Obviously big players that have been injured. Weston McKinney. Uh, Christian Serginho Des. Christian Pulisic was playing earlier today. You must have been praying and put him in bubble wrap. <laughs> You know, there, there's that part of it, but there's also, you want the guys to go on the field and commit to playing, because when you don't commit, that's when injuries happen. Right. And it, if it is in your back of the mind you, that you're going to get an injury, guess what? You'll probably get an injury. Yeah. Hmm. So I just want them to commit, do what, the, do what they're supposed to be doing with their clubs, and, and then we'll see what happens. 
All right, Coach, we've taken up enough of your time. Thanks so much for joining us here on Football Americas, and we'll, uh, we'll see you in Qatar, okay? Thank you, guys. There he is, Greg Berhalter, U.S. Men's National Team Manager. He gets a round of applause from the fans here in Brooklyn. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, speaking of center backs, let's hear from one now. Walker Zimmerman, we caught up moments ago. All right, Walker, you're on the list. What does it feel like? It's amazing. You know, this is something you always dream of. Um, and finally getting that call just to put all the stresses and uh, kind of ease your anxiety a little bit. Uh, it's really nice. So I want to take you behind the scenes of the Football Americas production meeting today. We were talking about who's the American most likely to score in the World Cup. Hercules Gomez said you're in the top three. What do you think about that? I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, I've dreamt of that my whole life, so why not? Okay. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you think of the group as you look at it. Just really excited. You know, it's a great group. We've been, a lot of the guys have been together for a really long time. Uh, I think there's a lot of diversity, which we've talked about, and a lot of youth, which are the highlights of our squad. So we're really excited. Then we have a great group, and I uh, can't wait to get started. A lot of questions about who's going to line up next to you at the center back position. What do you want in a partner? You know, honestly, just a lot of communication. Uh, you want someone that competes each and every day in training and in games, and I think all of our center backs do that. So for me, Communication's got to be important, uh, get that chemistry right, and then obviously just having the competitive spirit, which all of them do. Walker, appreciate the time. Good luck in Qatar. Thank you. They're the words of Walker Zimmerman, one of the 26 players that will be in Qatar with the U.S. men's national team. Herky's very likely going to be a starter. The big question is who's going to be starting next to him? Now that we know who the guys on the roster are, who do you think is the best fit? Well, you know, a week ago I would have told you that the best fit for Greg Berhalter is Aaron Long, and it's been Aaron Long. Mm -hmm. Now with the inclusion of Tim Ream, I'm thinking that setup may change. You heard Greg Berhalter talk about the importance of Anthony Robinson to left him to cover. So I think if he wants that passing element out of the back, if he wants to play cleanly out of the back, right. you may very well see a Tim Ream. So Tim Ream hasn't been on the roster in a long time. I think we all kind of assumed that told Opening us Opening window. Yeah. Outside so, about it, or 90 I, minutes. I think you know we all assumed that kind of told us something about what Greg Berhalter thought of Tim Ream. Anybody who's watched this show knows what you've thought of Tim Ream, right? Every yeah. time that we bring him up, you're the first thing you mention uh, is his age what's changed for you maybe that gives you the confidence that he could be the starter next to Walker Zimmerman because six months ago you weren't anywhere near Tim Ream. yeah I don't even know if it's confidence but he deserves praise he, he's a very good passing back who's had a hell of a year hell of a year I mean, we got to say he is a starting cap captain in the, in the Premier, Premier League, League. he has his moments where hey, he gets left out a, hung out to drive Premier League team no 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 right and now. where it's one-on-one -on -one, it costs him you, you could ask Diego Linus you could ask the, the, yep. the goal that City scored the very first one there are moments where you know physically He's not uh, a player you want 1v1. 
But when you have this many injuries, yeah. when Miles Robinson goes out the window because he's injured Achilles tear, when all of a sudden Chris Richards isn't there, and I think he's a like for like for Chris Richards as far as passing ability out of the back, that's what you're going to get out of Tim Ring. That's where it changes. Because if not, we saw what Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long, what that looked like versus Japan and the forced turnovers and what that may have caused in that midfield and how chaotic it looked at times. So, listen, you always say it. Circumstances change, change, opinions change. And that's one of those in this moment with Tim Ream. I'm looking at the, the four center backs on this roster, Walker Zimmerman, Aaron Long, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and Tim Ream. And I think a lot of what we're assuming here is they're going to play four at the back. If they do go to five at the back and three center backs, what does that look like? Like, how do you think that – obviously, Tim Ream would be the guy on the left right. being left-footed. What about the other two spots? I think it would look at a variation of uh, Anthony Robinson and uh, left wing back. Okay. Yeah. And then you would have the three center backs, Tim Ring on the left, Tim Ream on the left, excuse me, Walker Zimmerman, and you'd have either Cameron Conner Brickers or Aaron Long. Who? Who? Who do you think between those two? I think it'll be Aaron Long for Greg. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then and who's then your right back there? Sergio Des. Yeah. yeah. Assuming health, right? Yeah. And, and I think the reason we saw so many outside backs is because Sergio Des has that uh, adductor uh, strain, if you will. He's still nursing that, so they want to see how he comes into health. Um, but even then, you have a Joe Scally who's capable of playing that wing back on multiple sides. So you're picking Team Ream as the guy to start uh, next to Walker Zimmerman. I'm going somewhere else, Cameron Carter-Vickers. But when I brought this up in the production meeting, you said, well, I don't know if I trust him. Right. Uh, why not? Why do you trust him? So I don't know that I trust any of the <laughs> options. <laughs> well. But, but let okay. me get to why okay. I like him. All right. You've always said, and I listen to you every once in a while on this to. show, uh, that that international football is a young man's game. It is, right? It is. And especially in my center backs, not to not to dismiss what the value of having a Cecil, the only left-footed guy who can help you play out and, and build out of the back. And I don't think we mentioned the fact that he plays next to Anthony Robinson and Fulham could be a huge, you know, part of Tim Ream's case to start. Right. But for CCB, more athleticism, sure. more speed, and at the international level, that's kind of what I want. You know, I want speed out of my center backs. That's why I gave him the edge. He's also playing, I think, at a good level right now. Um, and so, Is he? Yeah. I, I mean, you he might plays be, on a good team. He plays on a good team. He's getting good competition beyond the hey, domestic league. Is the Scottish league. Premier League uh, uh, that much of a good level or a, a better level? Oh, he's playing at a good level. Okay. Whether the level he's itself is. He's captaining. I mean, we're comparing him to guys who are playing in MLS. Oh, correct, so. correct, correct, correct. There's not a huge gap between Scotland right, and, and MLS. That's, and that's great and fine. Um, so what's your knock on CCB? What, what, what's your hesitation Well, I guess there? the body of work, right? Yeah. When, when I look at the body when of work. When you've watched him. When I've watched him against Uruguay, when he was in against Uruguay briefly, the crosses that he misjudged, I think there are certain games that Greg Berhalter is going to want more of a physical presence in the air, uh, more of a better passing back or center back, I should say. Uh, I don't know if he fits the profile for as a passing back that you're going to need if you think you're going to have the ball maybe against the Wales or if you think you're going to need to be chasing the game against an England if he fits into any of those two categories. All right, so uh, we're talking center backs. Why don't we take a look at some of the numbers for the center backs uh, over the last couple years under Greg Berhalter? Because uh, it's been quite a few guys that we have seen come through that position since he took over the job as the national team manager. And uh, there we see him. Those are the four that will be on the plane to Qatar. It's actually leaving in a few hours from here in New York. Aaron Long, Tim Ream, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and not Mark McKenzie.
buddy. You ready to talk some number nines? I know it's your favorite position. You know, that wasn't my favorite position, but it's... No? What was your favorite position? Goalkeeper. Really? Yeah, I was a good goalkeeper. You pulling my leg like usual, or were you actually a good goalie? I was a very good goalkeeper. Uh, all right, let's talk about these nines. Jesus Ferreira, Josh Sargent, and surprise, surprise, Haji Wright. Wow. I, I feel wow, like we, wow, wow. We got a little bit of hint there from Greg Berhalter. It might be forward by committee. Uh, who do you think should be the starter? Josh Sargent. I've never been shy about say, saying how talented I think Josh Sargent is. He's the most talented forward. And I, I kind of feel like Greg tipped his hat when he said, you know, he's a hybrid of the two. Well, that's your most complete right. forward then, right? So that's who you would likely go with. But I think he was also very, very clear certain profiles for certain games. So if there's going to be a game where he feels he needs much more of a physical presence. That's not going to be so much as a Jesus Ferreira. That could be a Josh Sargent. There are going to be games where he needs more of a playmaker. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not going to be Haji Wright. That could be Josh Sargent. So Josh Sargent's in play for all three games. So if you go into the World Cup with like a rotational plan, but then your, your guy who starts in game one scores, like you, you can't make a change, can you? I, I you can't take a you can't take a striker know, that scored in a no, World Cup. No, I would can you? I would never take yeah. a striker that's hot out. Um, I will say this: Greg Berhalter in every World Cup window has kind of gone. Yes. Repeat mode. Right. With these First strikers. game is the starter. That person gets the second game. Yeah. And then, now yeah. we're back to a three-game window, yeah. right? The World Cup group phase. You could see that again. We'll get it. It's yeah. about seeing who the hot hand at camp is. Uh, I honestly think it's Josh Sargent right now with his ability. Now, you have to see how he is from that calf injury, how he's still nursing yep. that rope. It's not a factor, but he's the best possible option across the board in physicality, technical ability, vision, defensive work rates, and uh, game IQ. If we talk about the guys who didn't make it, PFOC and Pepe, who for you is the, the bigger snub? Ricardo Pepe. Yeah? Yeah, I mean... I mean Really? Yeah, well, the, the, the Ricardo Pepe's a guy that saved Greg Warhalter's job, and I've never, I've okay. never, I mean, I, I told you that opening window. And, and Greg mentioned that just now. He, he said, like, for all that he's done for us. For me. Yeah. He should have yeah. said for me. Yeah. Like, Greg's very gracious to give his time up here, and he answered our questions, but he knows, like. Well, Greg had to give that opportunity. He, he, you know. Well, and he took advantage of it. Yeah. He took advantage of it. But then he also went 11 months without scoring. And Greg also advised that move. Greg also advised Osberg over other moves. And when he went, it was with his approval. And when that didn't go well, he also, Pepe's final story. he also advised him on the next move. Yeah, yeah. And then he started scoring goals. I mean, you want to talk about Haji Wright scoring goals? Have you seen Ricardo Pepe play? You can say whatever you want about now. Something tells me that Greg is looking very much at profiles of the players and also the leagues they play in. That's interesting to me. Like, how do you how do you weigh a goal in Turkey against a goal in Holland against a goal in MLS? Maybe he doesn't think that Holland or the Eredivisie is as physical, and maybe he thinks his opponents he will would be know, more physical. You know, Greg would know that he, league. He definitely has yeah. tipped his hand in that, and they definitely gave me that impression. For me, PFOC being left out is such a head-scratcher, because if I look at, at everybody on this list, you got an MLS guy, a championship guy, which is good a league as that is. It's still right. top second 10. tier. Well, it's top 10 league in the world. Okay, but it's not top five like the Bundesliga. You got Haji Wright playing in Turkey. Fair. Um, and you got Pepe playing in Holland. So PFOC is, if you go off where he plays, playing at the highest level and having success. He's cooled off a little bit uh, in the last month or so, but to leave PFOC, who's your 
I mean, on paper, your highest producing player. Like, the world market is telling us that the best American forward is PFA. Yeah. The world market says I would that. have to agree with you, especially because if you look across the board, like, forwards not going cold or how long they've gone between those cold streaks, Jordan pfa has been pretty consistent with that rise. Won a goal-scoring title in the Swiss League, was scoring goals in the Champions League, then Europa, whatever you want there. Goes to Union Berlin in the Bundesliga, starts scoring goals. Him and his uh, strike partner, the hot, hottest tandem there. Yeah, he's not scored, what, since September? There's also a World Cup, I'm sorry, uh, international break in between, so it makes things a little longer. Maybe that plays an impact. How informed can he be? Because we only have a week to start. Haji Wright, some thoughts there? You're talking to a guy that had three caps and made the World yep. Cup team, that had zero camps, zero minutes in the World Cup qualifiers, made the World Cup team, and now you're asking me to get my impression of Haji Wright. Yeah, you love Haji it. Haji Wright, keep banging those goals in because that's the only thing you have to defend yourself. And when you're at the World Cup, when Greg Berhalter, like right now, has Greg said... Greg Berhalter didn't bring Haji Wright not to play him. No, he, he's going to get a chance. And he said in June they wanted him to dominate, to score a hat trick. Well, that's what you got to do now at the World Cup. I'm not saying dominate and score a hat-trick, but you need to prove why you're there. He's probably not a starter, right? He's your we-need-a-goal-late, throw-him-on guy. Or am, I, am I, or am I pigeonholing him there? I wouldn't pigeonhole him. Really? But I also think that... You'd be surprised if he started. No, I think Greg was pretty... From not playing at all? Who's your, more, who's your most physical striker right now? Of this group? Of these three? Right. Haji Wright. Yeah. So if what game does that fit? I, I think that's. I think that'll either Wells or or England. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Haji Wright, man, what a story. Who knows? Who knows if you see Sargent against England and you see Haji against Wells. All right. Uh, so let's take a look at some of the uh, numbers from the American number nines over the last couple years. The three that would be going to Qatar: Josh Sargent, Jesus Ferreira, and Haji Wright. Here's a look at uh, some of the numbers for the U.S. men's national team strikers since August. Enough talk about the guys who are going to score the goals. What about the guys who are going to stop them? The goalies. Let's hear from Sean Johnson. We just spoke a few moments ago. Sean, we just got to look at that roster. You're on it. How does it feel? I mean, it feels amazing, man. It's a lifelong dream, obviously. Uh, you know, something that I set as a goal. Um, the first time I stepped in the pitch as a professional, so... Uh, to, to be stepping onto a plane to Qatar and achieving that dream is, is nothing short of uh, spectacular for me. How'd you find out? Who's the first person you called? Uh, first person I called was my mom. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the, the lady who brought me onto the earth um, gave me the opportunity and uh, she's ecstatic. She's uh, excited for me and excited to be there too to support. A lot of talk about the goalkeeping positions, Zach Steffen, not on this roster. What's that competition going to be like ahead of the first game? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, with this group, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward. You know, the guys who got selected, you know, everybody, you know, deserves to be here. And, and ultimately, we're going to put our best foot forward to, to do what we can um, to, to get out of the group. And, and then from there, we'll, we'll do our best to, to go on as far as we can. So I think, you know, for me, it's just a great opportunity for us. And, uh, yeah, we're a band of brothers, and we're excited to, to press forward in the tournament. Thanks a lot, Sean. Good luck. Appreciate it, man. There he is, Sean Johnson of New York City Football Club and the U.S. Men's National Team. Free agent. Free agent now, Free agent. too. Wow. World, Cup, World Cup year. I mean, what do you always say on this show? What I, I Get paid! Like, <laughs> get paid, Sean! Get paid! That, uh, by good. the way, that necessarily does not mean it's Major League Soccer. Mm -hmm. Are you... Are you? What are you saying? Europe? I'm saying Europe. Okay. 
think he's ready for it? Yeah, right? Proving yeah. everything he could in MLS. Yeah, I think he's got the profile. I know the age could be an issue, but there are teams that just want a good goalkeeper. Uh, let's focus on the World Cup. because, Well, I shouldn't say that Sean... I don't, I don't think Sean Johnson is going to start, but I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility because when we saw that list and Zach Steffen's no longer on it, you're saying, okay, well, this... This changes what I assumed about this spot and what I thought Greg Berhalter knew about this spot. So who do you think then is going to be the starter in Qatar? Is it just a lock? It's Turner? Yeah, I think it's Turner. Because Greg didn't say that when he was up on the stage. Well, he can't say it. He's gotta, you got to keep an open competition. Really? I mean, he insinuated it. goalie? He I mean, don't right you want to decide that? Say, saying I'm leaning towards this is saying it. He didn't say that with the strikers. Yeah. He said that with Matt Turner. Now, the issue with Zach Steffen, Matt Turner... Sean Johnson is that Greg's always said he wants his players to play so here you have Matt Turner who was playing goes into a situation where he isn't playing and Zach Steffen who wasn't playing in the best setup in the world under the best coach in the world and Pep Guardiola leave that situation for the World Cup not for his development not for his career he left City for Middlesbrough for the World Cup Seb do you know what that's like this is a player who put all his eggs in one basket, all his chips in this play, and it didn't pan out with the guy who pretty much saw him grow, the guy who pretty much saw him develop as a goalkeeper, club level and now international level. So, yes, I think he's going to be all in with Matt Turner. Mm. Who's the number two for you? Not very clear for me. It's a good question. It's not clear for me either. Do you think it'll be decided in camp, or do you think he already knows? I think it's a decision to be made in camp, and it could also be made, who knows, on the fly. You know? I mean, really? You make those decisions on the fly? Well, let me ask you this. I mean, a goalie who's on the bench got to know if he's the number two or the number well, three, right? Right, but let me ask you this. you got two goalkeepers on the bench, and there's a red card penalty kick. I'm like, which one are you going to put in the game? The one is probably better at penalty kicks, right? So if I you're hadn't gonna, thought about so, that possibility, so, but yeah. So if you're going to face a team that's probably going to be, you know you're going to have more of the ball, well, you might want a goalkeeper that's going to be probably better with his feet. And vice versa, you're going to probably want if the other team has more of the ball and you know they're going to be shellacked, more of a shot stopper. So these come into play, especially if the, if the difference is so thin. Who would you pick as the number two? This, for me, it's clear. For you, it's clear. Yeah, for me, it's clear. Who do you think it is? It's Sean Johnson. You for think me, so? if, if, if I was the manager. I don't think it's that clear. I'm not, not saying what I think Greg Berhalter will do. If I was the manager, for why, me, why is it clear? Way more confidence in Sean Johnson than Ethan Horvath. Based on Ethan Horvath has been playing very well for Lewintown. But I've seen Ethan Horvath with the national team as well, and in those situations, I've really not been impressed of late. I mean, we can go back to Nations League, but there are Listen, other Sean examples Johnson's since. an impressive individual. He's an impressive uh, player. Also, can I also throw this out for Sean Johnson? Sure. Experience, man. If you look at games played, he's got way more than anybody else in the pool. Sure. At what level, though? And at I think club that level. At club and, level. And that comes into play as well. Look, I've got no argument for Sean being a number two uh, or, for, or for Ethan being a number two. Uh, if it gets to it, I think it'll be a game decision on who they play and what they can get out of it. Uh, but that's not the case here. So I I'm not too worried about that. Um, and Sean Johnson, you have a quality individual who's a very good player. Uh, and, and almost a full circle type of moment. Because yeah. if you remember Sean Johnson in Olympic qualifying, how that started. 2012 and Olympic qualifying. And how he qualifying. was the GOAT of that Olympic mm -hmm. qualifying. To not be the good here way now. you're saying. Yeah. Right. The, yes. Uh, quite a redemption story. Uh, what about what about Slanina? Gaga Slanina? Was there a shout for him to have been included in this roster as like a young guy for the future? You know, I thought about this because we look at the Mexican roster. Yep. Here we are screaming, you know, at the mountaintops. You got to get Carlos Acevedo in because you got to start thinking about next World Cup. Well, the same could be said for Gaga Slanina. The reality is Gaga Slanina showed times, uh, lots of them, in this uh, regular season at the Major League Soccer level where he wasn't quite ready, where he cost his team points. 
Um, and this isn't a let's let's do a charity bet on the future type mm -hmm. of gig. This is what can you do for me now? So you think that if Sean Johnson and that if uh, Ethan Horvat are in this conversation as number two, because one of them might actually play. So Greg's rewarding those guys who might actually play. All right, so let's take a look then at uh, some of the numbers for the goalies under Greg Berhalter. Of course, the three goalies that are going to Qatar, Ethan Horvath, Matt Turner, and Sean Johnson. Zach Steffen, the uh, odd man out at the goalie position as Greg Berhalter picks his three for the World Cup. There we see them, uh, Matt Turner, Zach Steffen, Ethan Horvath, and Sean Johnson. Four guys for three spots. And in the end, the guy that a lot of us had penciled in as the number one, Zach Steffen is the guy who ends up being left off the roster. Of course, uh, here on ESPN Plus is where you can watch Football Americas throughout the World Cup. We're going to be live every single day, 4 p.m. Eastern time from Qatar, with a few exceptions uh, mixed in there. Also on ESPN Plus, you can watch the championship. And how about this matchup? Josh Sargent's Norwich City against Zach Steffen's Middlesbrough. Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Plus. All right, let's move on, Herc, because we brought this up on the last show. Something kind of interesting here, the, uh, the challenge coin. Since 2002, the U.S. team has produced a challenge coin. This year's coin has the phrase, be the change on it. It's actually something this U.S. team is hoping to do in Qatar. There's obviously been much criticism of Qatar's human rights record, as well as the country's treatment of the LGBTQ community. And to that end, uh, U.S. soccer has put some things in place so that they can uh, stand on their principles uh, in Qatar. Thrilled now to to oh. Where is he? I thought He's we coming had him to put the, the IFP stage. in, man. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, well, I'm thrilled to join to the stage uh, eventually, Landon Donovan. But before we bring on Landon, Herc, you have your coin, right, from the 2010 World Cup? I did. I did. I brought. I broke it out from the. A ver, a ver. Show us your challenge coin. It's the Ubuntu. 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 Okay. Yeah. Of the South Africa World Cup. There we go. Can you see this? There you go. There you go. Take a good look at it. That's that side. That side A right there. Get in there. Get Ubuntu in there. And people yeah. are asking, you know, what? And then the little U.S. shield in the back. Mm -hmm. Got that one going on right there. Landon had it as well for the two, for the 2010 World Cup. Uh, this is one of a few coins. FIFA gave us a coin as well that's pretty cool. Uh, and so did Joe Biden, mm -hmm. who was vice president at that time. Uh, folks asking, like, what is U.S. soccer going to be doing in Qatar? They've hired a compliance officer to ensure the vendors that the Federation works with uh, are compliant with Qatar's updated labor laws. The team is also committed to displaying rainbow flags and messages of inclusion <laughs> at its night before the game events. And with that, we welcome into the show Landon Donovan, U.S. Men's National Team legend, a veteran of three World Cups. And why do I feel like very, very far away from you guys? Yeah, you're kind of far away. Uh, you are far. Huh? Wait, wait, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. okay. With it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They keep, they keep me away from the real talent uh, here on the show. So how you doing? What did you think of the event? The event was incredible. Um, I just, I'm just thinking back to 2010 or 2002. My mm -hmm. friend, the thought that this would be happening in a space What'd like you guys this do with this many people. No, I'm just saying before the World no, Cup. What did you do in 2002? Nobody even cared what was the anything reveal? about what was the reveal us. Like in 2002. <laughs> Not quite the same. Yeah. Right. The 2010 reveal like, who? was Who's ESPN, going? Who? Right? 2010 right. was cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I mean it was, but like this is just different level. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So we just got the roster. You look at it, 26 players. Like, what's the strength of this team for your... I just realized I have this bracelet on, but that's okay. It gets okay. you back here. I'm a VIP. It gets you here. Um, yeah, I mean, the people's inclination as humans is to talk about who's not there. Right, right? That's right. Here where your first mind's, mind goes, because you've seen so many of these right. guys in qualifying, et cetera. But who is here, and what does it mean? And so there's a... 
The first thing that stood out to me is Greg wanted to make sure that Matt Turner knew he was the number one right. and wow. not deal with controversy, not deal with. So that was one. Does Zach Steffen deserve to go? Of course, right, right? to some extent. But uh, the guys who are here, he's making a very clear statement. I'm putting faith in you. Okay. You're a coach right now for the San Diego Loyal, uh, Loyal excuse me. Uh, so tell me, looking, analyzing this roster, what are the strengths for it? Well, it's interesting, Hurt, because this is the first time there's been 26 players, right? And so in the past, when we would play in a World Cup, there are probably one or two guys who were a little more unlikely to play. And this, this time, there could be three, four, five, six guys who don't get to play. So how do you fill out the roster, not only for what you're going to see on the field, but who are good locker room guys, right? Sean Johnson comes to mind immediately. Like, okay. That's a guy who's been a part of this from the beginning. Tim Ream, right? Maybe, maybe fell into it because of Chris Richards. Um, but who are the guys who can really help behind the scenes to like help settle? Tim Ream's 35 years old, been through all the experiences. That's a guy who can help settle guys if things don't go well. I hadn't thought about what you mentioned in terms of the Zach Steffen decision, that it sends a very clear message to Matt Turner. Hey, you are our guy. It probably also sends that message to the rest of the team. Now you're talking about you know glue guys, right? Guys who are there because of what they bring. How important is that, that atmosphere? Because it's like not something that's going to be a... Uh, a block topic on a show like this, but how important is that that other stuff? Crucial. Yeah. Crucial. I mean, you can't be successful in a tournament like this without guys who are not playing who still have a positive impact, right? There's only three games to start the group. Most of the same 11 is going to play, let's be honest. Maybe 13, 14, 15 guys will play in those three games. What are the rest of the guys doing to have a positive impact right, on the You group? really think that because if we look at World Cup qualifying, I think kind of Greg's maybe shown us the opposite. I mean, three, three games in the window, and out of 27 players brought into camp, he uses 26. Hmm. You know, the third goalkeeper is the only one that doesn't play. So it got me thinking that he really thinks he's going to play a lot of these players. And but you know, her qualifying's different than a World Cup where, I mean, so in qualifying, you had 14 chances where if, like, you can rest a guy or be smart, everything's on the line for three. So let's say draw, draw, right. and everything's on the run game. I can right. promise you you're playing your best 11 no matter if they're walking on one leg, right? right I mean, right, you're, right. you're, you're going to play your best guys. Can I ask you kind of to put on your manager hat again here? What's then the biggest worry uh, as this team goes to Qatar? Just the youth, right? So with, is with this, youth... Is international a, soccer like a young man's youth, game? Yeah, what he youth, always says. There's upside, but there's downside, okay. right? So the incredible upside is really talented group that if they do well and get confident, the sky's the limit. Really, the sky's the limit because these guys compete against the best players in the world all the time. Weston McKinney is not intimidated by any player in the World Cup. Tyler Adams isn't intimidated by any player in the World Cup. The downside is if things don't go well early, do they have the ability to get something out of games? Think about 2010. We're not great against England, but we get a point. Slovenia, we're down 2-0 at halftime. Yeah. But we had enough experienced guys to say, let's just grind, get something out of the game, and give ourselves well, a chance to advance. you pretty good subs that game. Um, Easy, steady. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, what, you know what's uh, funny about this team is we talk about their weakness. Uh, this is a team that's proven in World Cup qualifying at the CONCACAF level that there is no plan B. And they struggle when they're taken out of their game. Mm. They're a very good transition team. And when they control the midfield, dictate that tempo, they're lethal. They can come at you in very many different ways. Yeah. But when there are teams that sit in a low block, that lack of creativity is really what's cost them points in World Cup qualifying. They could find themselves on the same kind of front against a Wales, per se. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. How pragmatic are they willing to be? Right. right. Greg is very clear on how he wants to play. Very clear. And I have so much respect for that because that's hard to do 
in hard games when there's pressure, etc. So are you willing to be a little more pragmatic to get something out of the game? I'll be watching that. Uh, not best player, most important player on this team for you. Good question. Um, I mean, given his form right now, maybe Brendan. Wow, really? Um, just because he's, he's a difference maker. I mean, he is so dynamic. I would Where say, do you play him? Where do you play him? That's a good question. Where would you play him? Ooh. Right now, midfield. Really? In the midfield, and then yeah, I, who yeah. up top? Uh, if, if Weston's not ready, he's yeah. my Weston guy. Okay, let's assume when Weston's ready, okay. how would you play him? He's still starting, and he's be on the left-hand side. Yeah. So let me throw an idea out. To get your best 11 guys on the field, mm -hmm. why not play Christian as a false nine? You're not the first. Wait, wait, but, but there have been many times where coaches have made that mistake mm -hmm. of trying to get the best 11 on the field, or best 11 talented players in the field instead of the best team on the field. Sure. Wouldn't that be one of those cases? Yeah, but you need guys who can make plays. And you got a lot of, you, and if Gio's starting to play and play well, you got Brendan, you got Christian. You want, if Yunus Musa's playing and going, you want him on the field, right. Weston and Tyler. So that's your best six players going forward. So who are you going to leave out? Now there's value to having guys who can come in off the bench that make an impact. But if it's me, something I think about. Yeah. For, have you seen enough from Pulisic as a false nine? Or, or I mean, is it, he's done it from time yeah, to time, we've seen it right? It's not ideal for him, but maybe it takes some pressure off too. Give him just freedom to go do what he does well and find space to run vertically, pick up the ball in different spaces to make it hard on the back line. And then, you know, the question is, do you have enough in front of goal when the chances come? What about right so. now? Uh, Christian Pulisic not playing as much as he'd like. His club situation being a little unsettled. Only a week from the time they stop playing club to the time the World Cup starts. How do you right. change that if you're Christian Pulisic? I don't know what to expect. It's going to be, it's, I, I don't know. The questions, I don't know. When we went, it's, you have three or four weeks. Yeah, you had a whole camp. You have friendly games yep. to like work out all the kinks. I don't know, but don't you think he has to be on the field? Of course. I mean, he, he's course. so dynamic and I'm talking, he has to be on the I'm field. I'm talking about the team's best player, the, yeah. the poster boy of U.S. soccer, something you know a lot about. Like, how hard is it for a player like that to kind of yeah. change the chip, you know? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I mean... I was fortunate I didn't go tons and tons of time without, you know, playing a lot of minutes in a given right. stretch of games. It's going to be hard, but I know he's, he's got to be so excited. I mean, he was the one guy, just seeing the images from Kuva four years yeah. ago and just how disappointed he was, he's got to be so excited. So this is his first World Cup. Can you back, go back to 2002, your first World Cup? Are there any similarities that you see? Sure, a lot, but I hope that he doesn't, put too much pressure on himself. I hope he's able to just go and play because Did you I'm feel sure pressure no two? I mean Did I what? Well, did you feel pressure no two? None. Like you weren't doing Volkswagen ads Zero. and all this stuff. Okay, right. so I had older guys around me. Right, right. Deal but, with all but that. because you were just there playing. Right. You didn't have the expectations. 2006. Yeah, you, I was, were, you were the I man was garbage that, in 2006 because well, I felt the expectations. <laughs> that's no, what I'm trying to say. You feel the expectations. That's right. And I don't want him to play that way. I want him to play carefree. Don't worry. And maybe because he hasn't been playing, maybe it's a good thing. The expectations lowered a little bit. Not playing a lot, not in his best form, not fit, etc. And then maybe he can surprise people. You think it gives him that chip on his shoulder? What's that? The chip on his shoulder, you think it kind of ignites so. him? I hope Versus like pressure, you know, just like screw everyone versus pressure. Can, can we make the comparison, not necessarily from you to Pulisic in 2002, but this team to that team in 2002? Ooh. Any similarities there? I mean, it's, it's the high point of U.S. soccer, a quarterfinal run. I, I, 
DeMarcus and I, DeMarcus Beasley and I were the two young guys. Right, right. This whole team is young guys, right? So again, the upside is if they get going and they're like confident and who cares, we'll just go for it, they could be really good. The downside is they don't have an Ernie Stewart, Claudio Reyna, Jeff Agus, Eddie Pope, Carlos Yamosa, Miola, Friedel, Keller to rely on, Hayduck, Santa. I mean, we had all these old veteran guys, Eddie Lewis, McBride, um, that helped us just be free. So that, that's going to be the challenge. Is this the best generation of players? Sorry? Is this the best generation of players, American players? I would say technical ability. I think so. Do you? Yeah. The clubs I'd say they're on, playing I'd say at. on paper, they would have to yeah, be. The clubs yeah. they're playing at. Yeah. But they also have to get on the field, and that's been an right. issue. So remember the beginning of qualifying, and we were like, ooh, this is a bit dodgy. Right? But they worked into it. They had experiences together. They got better, more experience as players, and they got better and better. Now, you can't replicate a World Cup. It's three games. You make one bad play, you're out. Right? You have a mistake, you're out of the tournament. Yeah. And yeah. so that's going to be the challenge. All right, uh, that's all the time we got. Landon, man, thanks for stopping by. Great to have you with us. And, my pleasure. Uh, appreciate it, man. Awesome, awesome to have you here. Let's Uncle go, Bob. USA. There it is. Let's, Let's go, go, USA. Mexico, actually, guys, in action today. Kirk, these are the highlights as uh, Mexico took on Iraq. Great start for Mexico, just three minutes in. Jesus Gallardo down the left wing and across it, and Alexis Vega makes it 1-0. Yeah, no Tecatito, it's a good time to be Alexis Vega. Alexis Vega, good little run in, he's onside. Gallardo, who's been heavily criticized, good ball in. Vega gets in the end of it, this is the first. This, of course, uh, Mexican team with no European-based players, as Tata Martino there in charge. 48th minute, Kevin Alvarez, Turiel Antuna, who finds Rogelio Funes Mori. Oh no, Antuna, they don't like him. Oh no, Funes Mori, they don't like him. They will both be there. Funes Mori hasn't played much, getting the goal. That's gonna do wonders with Tata Martino. 67th minute, another for Mexico. Piojo Alvarado, the cross. Gallardo having himself a day. Listen, one of the most criticized players in World Cup qualifying with a goal and an assist in the lead up to the World Cup. Mexico up 3-0 at that point against Iraq. And then in second half stoppage time, Funes Mori involved again. The cross, deflection off the hand. And Uriel Antuna steps up from the spot and converts in those beautiful jerseys. You'd like those Mexico jerseys a lot. Beats Iraq by a final score of 4 to nothing. All right, that's all the time we've got for Football Americas. They are literally kicking us out yeah, of the venue. For Landon Donovan, Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebastian Salazar. We will see you on the next edition of the show Monday. Juan Carlos Osorio joining us to break down Mexico's World Cup roster. We'll see you then. Oh,